0: Australian Broadcast Radio, a centenary celebration. Hello everyone, today is November 11th, and we mark our 11th of 23 interviews today with our special guest, Craig Zonker. Craig Zonker is the other half of the ABC Breakfast team in Brisbane. His work at the ABC with shows like Breakfasts and The Country Hour are some of the most widely regarded in his field. Today, I sit with Craig and hear what he has to say about radio's history, and his own. Here's what he had to say. Right, so I'm here with Craig Zonka, the other half of the ABC Breakfast team. Thank you for joining me, Craig.
1: Oh, it's true. It's a real pleasure to be here. And, uh, <laughs> let's hope I can balance out the legend. Now you've heard from my, my partner in early morning <laughs> crime, Ray Ryan.
0: Well, I think I think both legends live up to their sort of stature. I think, it, you know, it's funny. I it's funny you mention actually legends because uh, something I've always considered especially about the ABC, and this will be my first question to you is, I've spoken to your predecessor, who's a close friend of mine and my father's, as he used to phone up all the time for ABC Breakfast, Spencer Howson, who I've also interviewed here. Breakfast on the ABC is a huge thing. I feel like it has quite a a reputation, I suppose. Is there any pressure? in that sort of regard that you you know you're in that position that sort of time frame and you know on the abc which is pretty widely regarded obviously around the country is there any pressure with that
1: i think there's pressure in every job that you take on on radio because you've got that responsibility and you certainly feel that with something like breakfast on the abc here in brisbane and i've worked for the abc going on 20 years now yeah. in, in 2023 and spencer you know really set the bar so high and big shoes to fill and sure. we've got a bit of a change in format obviously Hmm. for what we do in Brisbane on the on the program since he was hosting and what I love about the ABC is that true connection that you build with your audience and most people would say that that's true for for any radio station because it is radio is that one-on-one quite personal medium you're chatting to that one person not you're not getting up on stage doing a public speech when you get on a microphone your whole purpose is to have conversation with just that one person And that makes it a really personal medium.
0: Yeah. And you
1: build up such a relationship because of that.
0: I feel like that's a very good point. I feel like a lot of what I'm consistently hearing is that this that one-on-one. It's not so much, yeah. You can say facts, who, what, when, where. Sort of. You can do the news. You can do whatever you want. But having that sort of voice for you know your locale, I suppose, is more essential than any sort of part of what you actually say. Really, you know.
1: Oh, completely so. And and you know what I've found with everyone I've worked with at the ABC is we're we're so passionate about what we do. We're we truly and deeply love radio, we love public broadcasting, we believe in that um, mm. and we'll fight for that to, to the death effectively um, and so what I you know, because I used to listen to Spencer an awful lot, to his predecessors too and, and I listened broadly right across the the ABC network
0: mm. um,
1: and I, I would like to think that you know what Spencer was doing, we would be able to build on even further and you know I think to be at the top of your game so early every day You've really got to love it. Yeah. You know, your alarm goes up at three o'clock. There's no sugarcoating the fact that breakfast radio hours are, are pretty horrendous, mm. full stop. Um,
0: you really so got to be a morning person.
1: I, you do. And I never was before. And, and I remember <laughs> um, sort of a, 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 there was a gift uh, at the Christmas party uh, when Spencer finished before I, I took over the role and he gave me a, a thermos ready for hot water, because <laughs> um, he was notorious for drinking lots and lots of cups of instant instant coffee hmm. um, during the, the, the program, but he'd be on air. And, oh, um, but you, know, you, you get that true sense of waking up with the city um, as part of Brisbane. And I think that's what he was able to capture really nicely and put that into words and build those uh, deep relationships with, with listeners. And I think that's the hallmark of, of ABC Radio full stop
0: i think that's a very fair point especially with the abc and your work in the abc has sort of followed that trend so obviously you've had a few sort of different outlets in the abc you had you were on country hour for example you sort of worked with that um and areas obviously outside of the sort of metro and outside of the city and stuff like that so you've had a bit of a broad experience i suppose another question i had for you was in the sort of metro and regional areas do you think there's much of a you think there's a divide perhaps for want of a better yeah. word and how sort of people expect their radio because everyone sort of probably expects the same sort of yeah news local stuff you know i want the weather i want to know if it's going to be horrible to pick up my kids from school you know um mm. but do you think there's fundamentally things that are different
1: it's an interesting question and and i was reflecting on that the other day so you know i started in rockhampton which is my hometown Mm. i've traveled around the state worked i've I've done programs out of pretty much every abc office in queensland at one stage or another um whether that be regional drive a local mornings program on country hour where i'd head out to longridge and do a show from the longridge studio then hit the road for a week and broadcast from cattle stations and and from other little towns along the way, it's um, up in that Isa and up up through the Gulf of Carpeteria. It's interesting because, okay, so in the city, you you really have a a choice of who you're gonna tune into, you know, in the the Brisbane market, you know, from FM and and AM, there are a plethora of stations, each trying to get that light and shade, each trying to play a bit of music, each trying to attract a, a slightly different audience. Sure. Um, the ABC we have a pretty broad remit, you know, for what we try to do, and a broad brief of, of who we're trying to, to have tuning into us, um, whether that's analog through traditional radio, or these days on the ABC Listen app and streaming services, and so on. Sure. Um, the the difference I find between metro and regional broadcasting is sometimes I feel you're you're even closer to your listeners in or Camp, in Townsville, or or Cairns, or Mount Isa, or wherever you might be. And the thing I always used to love was no matter where you would be, if you turned up with a, a microphone that had sort of the, the ABC worm on the windsock,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: people would open their doors really and let you in and be so willing to, to share part of their life with you. Uh, and I think that really speaks to the brand that is the ABC, the trust that people have in us to, to tell their story. And you get a sense of how much it means to you, particularly traveling through regional parts of Queensland, where where I've spent the majority of my life, because it is the lifeline that brings the world to them and and also allows that opportunity to engage and have a say on issues that are affecting their daily lives and also as their outlet to broadcast to the world, effectively, or to the rest of of their community Mm. or to the broader state. So that that's I've felt the, the real trust and respect that the ABC brings is most noticeable in regional areas
0: interesting and you mentioned obviously little like communities i suppose you know broadcasting their sort of their voice and their communities and stuff like that but obviously yourself you came from rockhampton i came a fair bit closer my little hometown of boona obviously up to the city the thing yeah. about it yeah. is it seems though and even you know other radio throbs and people that are up and doing their shows and all over the you know the state and the country really a lot of kids really and i usually say because like high school leavers will come down to the city or up to the city, wherever, to sort of begin and try and make their sort of name in radio in those metro areas. You obviously did so yourself at a certain point. Why do you think that's so common? Do you think it's kind of necessary to do that? Or do you think, oh, if I, say for example, if I stayed in Boona the whole time, would it have even, you know, would it have been a thing, for example?
1: I always think, Having that experience on the ground in, in a regional area, where you don't necessarily have a lot of resources to. In Brisbane, we work. It's Loretta and I on air. We have a team of two producers. If we go to do an outside broadcast, we have uh, a tech or two who might help and set up that gear. Um, when I was in the regions, you'd be doing that and setting up the, the equipment. Mm. You know, the pot gear that we used to use and plug into a fax line <laughs> to get to be able to dial out.
0: Um, yeah, right.
1: You'd be doing all that stuff yourself. Then you're going on air and you're probably producing the show yourself or with um, with maybe one other person, if you're lucky. And, mm. and things have changed and ebbed and flowed in that resourcing perspective for the region since that time. I think it was the best grounding I could get. I always call it, particularly when I was working on the Country Hour, which is it's a program that's, you know, when I was running a radio show, mm-hmm. when I pressed the theme music for the Country Hour, I, I remember this sort of 80 years of history sort of descending my shoulders and feeling the weight of, of that pressure because in, in rural and regional parts of the states that everything would stop at midday for, for the country out and they were saying we go on farms and so on but being able to have that experience was has helped me immensely to be able to do what I do today because I've got that perspective of well what, what's it like on the other side of the glass when you are producing because that's what I started doing producing and reporting and accounting. And I've always followed the motto, I would never ask someone to do what I haven't done myself.
0: Um, yeah, I think that's and... fair. You see that a lot in radio <laughs> stations these days, like a lot of sort of small fry, like myself, I'm, I'm willing to admit that. You know, you'll get, you know, panel op jobs or you get producer jobs and eventually you sort of work that way up, I suppose. It would be very rare to find someone who had been sort of announcing their whole life. I had spoken to um Darren DeMello just the other day and it was interesting to hear the perspective of how rare it is. And I think he hit the nail on the head. It's just not it's just not the way it works anymore
1: no and look, well yeah we certainly don't have panel ops unless we're on an outside <laughs> broadcast where we might have someone back in the studio that you know i'm there pressing all the buttons every day and yeah right and being like that duck duck on water paddling furiously mm. below the desk and then on top it's <laughs> you know smooth as silk or so you're hoping yeah
0: even, it's very calm know, to even, me
1: even today we had Jemmy cassadaly play in studio she's an incredible talent has a beautiful voice, Jen. Um, She's a wonderful storyteller, much like her, her father, um, mm-hmm. Troy Cassidaly. and And her mum, Laurel, has been in radio for eons too. Yeah, so she came in. I'm setting up the mics during a news break and I race outside and use our little mixer to do the sound check. And then as she was actually on air, I was racing out of the studio to mix her um, guitar and vocals so it was, was running on yeah right. uh, it was a bit of a crazy morning um <laughs> so things like that still happen now i i think that this this is not the time you know i'll break down the illusion of glamour with the job like mm. i love it for live radio and how instantaneous and, and it's that roller coaster ride you know you, you know your starting point for us it, five past five when the news finishes we know where we're going to end at eight o'clock but then this roller coaster ride that sort of twists and turns and then you get a call and that'll send you off in a different sort of tangent mm-hmm. you can't plan that that's true you don't true. know where it's gonna go so that white knuckle ride that you have along the way you just sort of strap yourself in and the experience i've had in regional queensland hands down prepared me so well to to be able to deal with anything that might pop up on on air. You know, I've had that situation lay out before, you know, guests not answering the phone when you're just, you know, running the show yourself. You're like, Oh, well, what do I do in that situation? Or, you know, I've been up in, up in the Gulf of Carpentaria trying to get a, a line to run an outside broadcast mm-hmm. and two minutes before going to air, still trying to connect to the studio, oh, crossing God. everything, fingers, Jeez. toes and everything else. that it will connect and we can get to air. Mm-hmm. Um, so those hairy moments, uh, uh, that's the best training that, that you can get so for anyone I, I would still say have that time where you and, and I still learn every day because there's no such thing as a perfect radio show and that's no. the beauty of it that's what drives you each and every day to turn the mic on um, so yeah that regional experience was fantastic and and life just took me in a different direction and that's how I ended up in Brisbane no matter where you are you can have being on radio It's it's the best job in the world no matter where you're doing it from
0: True, and that we definitely have in common. Now, you spoke about um, you spoke about tangents a little bit before. I'm going to take a little bit of a tangent because it's all sort of related. You mentioned Laurel and her family, and obviously, you mentioned callers taking things on a tangent. I've got to bring up my dad. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry <laughs> about it. Um, yeah, no,
1: no, go for it, Jake. <laughs>
0: I, lo- I love you, dad if you're listening, but he calls up every day, and obviously, he tell he tells me obviously all the things that he does. It's clear that radio is a very generational, well, a generational, for want of a better term thing in the sense of families will listen to radio and it'll be sort of passed down as you said with Laurel and you know people having you know those experiences and I think it's always been sort of you know people listening in the car or you know have it they don't have it on in the home or something like that what what are your thoughts on that just pretty much just the fact that because you've got a family now too you've got a young one at home so obviously the thoughts of passing down radio obviously that must be on your mind at least at some point maybe not right away
1: oh Absolutely, and you know, little Molly, who's two and a half. Right. She, I'd love it if she could fill in a, a radio <laughs> survey report. Yeah, um, go on. Yeah, so you know, so the radio, you know, the radio is constantly playing for, for us at home. And mm. my wife works in the industry as well. My wife works for the ABC, of course, too. Um, and and she loves radio. She's been on air. She's produced. She's working in the digital space and the podcasting space right now. So yeah, for us. We're huge radio consumers. We listen to a lot. And you know, I, I remember as a kid hearing that ABC News theme at the top of the hour. Mm. And I've just realized, like you can see our pile of washing beside me. Here. Oh, I see. Like, yes, family life. Right there, this pile <laughs> of washing that I still haven't had the chance to, to get to. I'm going into like, What is that thing behind me? And it's this pile of washing that I've been meaning to get to for, for days. So, yeah, it's ingrained in our family. I love the fact that it sounds like it is for you. Yes. If you followed definitely. In your, your dad's footsteps. It, it certainly seems that way, Stu. As it you know, will, it wouldn't right. be a warning on ABC Radio Brisbane without Julian, oh, uh, who formerly of Boone and now of Tambourine, mm-hmm. calls up and gives us an update. Usually, you know, it's in that first half hour of the show and he's out feeding the horses or something indeed, like that. Indeed I he think does. We're, waiting, we're waiting for another foal to drop. I'm waiting for an update.
0: I think you know more about his life than time. I do at this point.
1: And then the funny thing is too, so I can be <laughs> on my way into work and- four o'clock or whatever the case is, and I'm in the car and mm. I'm listening to ABC radio. And um, and then I hear your dad. Oh, no. oh, now he's calling up for gardening advice about his passion. For oh, What's gosh. going on, Julie? Oh, Julian?
0: Julian,
1: are you know, calling others? It's not just Loretta and
0: me. I know. What It's, do you a, mean? it's a bit of a backstab, isn't it? Oh, gosh. But, I'll have to set him but, straight.
1: Yeah. Like, I remember the radio being on. Mm. I remember the radio being the soundtrack to family road trips, you know, from Rockham to Brisbane where I camped further north on the Bruce Highway where you'd have those long summer road trips where it's stinking hot, but you're into the radio. Um, It's how I discovered so much music. You know, I played a lot of music in my teenage years and in my 20s and and, um, played in bands and so on. So for a lot of that time, it was the way I discovered new music was through Triple J predominantly. Like I was yeah. a huge Triple J listener, and so it, again, it's about how it opens up your world. and And I still have I've, I've listened to far more live radio than I do podcasts or radio on demand. Yeah, because again, I love that fact that with live radio, there's that element that you never quite know what's going to happen next. And for me, that's exciting. You know, that's what I want when I'm. I know myself, that's what I want Hmm. as a listener too, that there can be something very unexpected just around the corner. And I remember that as a kid and that's why I still do it now.
0: I think that's fair. And speaking of that, the last thing I want to ask is speaking of your sort of history, so what you experienced as a kid, obviously your experiences in Rockhampton, now into Metro, do you reckon you could use, and this is a sort of through question I've been asking everyone, what would you say about your history with radio or being a part of radio that you think you could use to look forward and see the future of radio if you could?
1: Yeah, well, I, I wish I had that crystal ball and <laughs> Don't we to, all. To know. Um, because, uh, yeah, well, if I just look at, well, I've been in radio for the last 20 years. Gee, it's changed so much. Yeah. Hugely so, yeah. Um, I still remember starting in Rockhampton, and mm. email was was this thing, but wow, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: You know, like we used to get piles and piles of faxes come into the the ABC Rockhampton office each and every day, and mm. it was sort of I was the newbie, so part of my job was every hour or so you'd go over to the fax machine, you'd pick up the big pile of faxes that had arrived. And they'd go, okay, that's for programs, that's for news, yada yada yada, and they'd sort of separate them out. There was still an old reel-to-reel player in one of our studios oh, wow. in the Rockhampton office. Like I, I haven't used reel-to-reel tape, I'll be honest there. Um, <laughs> and like the first, my first few paychecks at the ABC, I think what was probably the first three months worth of pay went to a mini disc player recorder. Really? Yeah, because we were using mini discs in the field to record interviews. Oh, god! And I still to this day, always remember the reason, you know, you're you taught very early on things like make sure you take spare batteries. Because I remember <laughs> sitting in the bull ring of the Great Western Hotel, so which is in Rockhampton, yep. well known, pretty iconic venue. And out the back, they, they built this huge shed effectively where True. they used to have rodeos on and then at that time in the early 2000s thousands, having lots of bands come through town and one of them was the john butler trio
0: really and i was a massive
1: fan of john butler yeah huge. and i was a huge fan i was fanning out i'm like oh this is this is what <laughs> radio this is like my first interview with someone famous i was so excited so I take my little marantz minidisc player to to record this interview and i get probably through the first two minutes, I get a can I just get you to say your name on tape for us. Oh yeah, here we are, John Butler sitting here at the Great Western Hotel. First time you ever played Bull Ring effectively. Mm. And and then I looked down at the recorder and I went, Oh, it's turned off.
0: Oh no. Why is that, <laughs> why is that not
1: working? Oh gosh. And, what a nightmare. And I I didn't have I knew I didn't have spare batteries with me. Oh, um and I was so nervous. I didn't have the heart to say to John Butler,
0: "Can we redo that?" Oh, I do run out of batteries. Oh Can no. we redo it? You've got me it's silently looking presenting. at my recording right now, just to make yeah, sure. Yeah, make sure your recording's good. So
1: for the next twenty minutes, I maintain this conversation with oh, John no. Butler. Was, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, and, you know, playing and your influences <laughs> and all this sort of stuff.
0: My heart would And sink.
1: I walked away with about 90 seconds of that interview <laughs> that could play oh, on air. Oh, no. I
0: just, Gosh. i don't
1: know. head in shame. So, your question was about the future of radio. Yes. So, that's,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's what I started with. And that was also, you know, I always reflect on that early sort of 2000s period and we've seen, you know, technology change so much. But back sure. then... If you had an opinion and you wanted to engage, it would be through a letter to the editor or with Talkback Radio. So then you fast forward to now and the rise of how social media has really taken over the media landscape and and us on a personal basis. So people can get that opinion out however they like. You know, you can respond furiously to something you see on Facebook without (laughs) ever reading the article and you get (laughs)
0: sent and off it
1: goes into the world. So, you know, Talkback has changed because of that. Because people can get their opinion out however you, you like. Mm. I think there's still going to be a really strong future for radio. One, because of reach, you know, and its ability to reach a lot of people. Two, because people want to know what's going on around them. And live radio has that ability to tell you right now what's happening. We don't have to wait for pictures to come into the newsroom mm. like you do for TV. Cool. If we hear it, you be our witness. You be a, you know, you, you probably hear this phrase, a lot from announcers of you be our eyes and ears you know we're stuck in that last world studio we're mm. relying on you to tell us what's happening where you are the importance of that is really highlighted during any sort of emergency broadcasting time so sure. you think of the, the floods in southeast queensland last year yeah you know uh, 2022 you think of side lines up north you think of bushfire season where that importance of live radio emergency broadcasting and some of that information is the difference between life and death that this is where you can hear that so I think there's always that that role for it I love the fact that radio doesn't just offer information it offers entertainment brings that light and shade and and hopefully what I really think is so important is that diversity of opinion and ideas you know breakfast radio isn't necessarily the place for in-depth political and policy analysis but we'll give you a taste of that other programs have more time to delve into that analytical side of decisions that are being made by governments and others. But we'll give you a taste of that and that ability to engage with a with a story and then offer that opportunity for deeper analysis elsewhere on, on the station. I think people want to know what's going on around. It's it's our nature. And then, mm. then that brings it probably to my final point, which I think is at the heart of radio, is it offers connection. It offers companionship. And isn't that important? It's not just important now, Of course. it's going to be there in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, and and hopefully beyond. At least that's my hope. Yes, I, well, I'm I, th- I, I agree. Not enough to retire yet, you <laughs> know, I, need to, I, I need a job. I no. need a job for the next 40 years. I've got to see my kids through school, mate. You know, yeah, like, true. I can, oh, I'm hoping for a, a healthy future for this thing we call radio, mm. um, you know, that the people listen to on a wireless well, now it's through their Yeah, through, their through phones. the phones.
0: Well, yeah, the thing, the the thing about it... Through TV. True. Well, it's yeah. lasted a hundred years, it's beat television, it's beat the internet, so I, I think we're here to stay, I would like to think.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it is open through. Fingers, it is certainly open, so it's true. That's fingers sure, crossed. Right. Righty. Well, yeah.
0: thank thank you, Craig. I really appreciate you speaking to me, and I appreciate that the, the breakfast host of the ABC can give such a small fry like myself their time of day.
1: Uh, more than, more than happy to. I, I could wax lyrical about radio for much more time than you can possibly allow us to so thanks for the opportunity to chat mate it's uh, to mark 100 years of radio and be a small cog in that huge picture of australian radio history is is a pretty magical experience
0: i agree and thank you thank you once again i want to thank craig for talking to me today and being a part of radio history tomorrow we continue our journey and learn the history of australian broadcast radio until then my name is Stuart crichton thank you all for listening